Excellent. Thank you, church, and everyone online. You can be seated this morning. Who's having a great day in church so far? So good. Well, good morning, everyone. It is uh, top of the morning to you. It is 10.35, and uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, how powerful was worship just before? Man, who knows that the church isn't just a bunch of people here to be entertained, but here to encounter God. And uh, man, it's powerful when we come ready and not just spectators, but participators of what God wants to do. And uh, we're all in this together. Hey, um, man, God is just doing something powerful in our church. And um, I'm, I'm sure you're experiencing it online as well, which is awesome. And we're currently in our series called Remnant to Revival. And I don't know about those few words for you, but that gets my spirit excited. Uh, that, that, that brings such excitement and joy uh, to what God wants to do through His church, in His church, for His church. And uh, it's important that we know what these words actually mean. Because when I say revival, and uh, when you hear the words remnant, uh, we all, the person next to you probably has a different degree of maybe what that is. It might only be slightly different, but it might be a big jolt of like what they believe revival to be. And I just kind of want to bring it central to what uh, I guess is a good definition of it uh, that was talked about. Um, and and there's also many different ways in which revival can be approached, but uh, this is a definition for revival. Revival is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which in effect brings renewal in the life of a church congregation and society with a local, national, or global effect. Powerful, powerful definition. I love what Charles Finney said in his definition uh, and he was in the uh, revival we're going to look at today, which is exciting. But he talked about revival and he said this about revival as well. Revival is a renewed conviction of sin and repentance, followed by an intense desire to live in obedience to God. It is giving up one's life uh, and will to God in deep humility. And I love that these two definitions, although it can be the first one and the second one, really what revival is, is God wanting to do something powerful in people all across the earth and doing it locally, nationally, and globally. And we see in Acts 2, a moment where God pours out His presence. Uh, and Peter preaches after this. He preaches from an Old Testament passage in Acts 2, 7. And he says this, in the last days, and I mean, if it was for the last days of Peter, 2,000 years ago, uh, who knows what we're in right now. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Someone say, all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I love that no one is, is exempt from that Scripture, that God has something for all of us here today. In those last days, I will pour out my Spirit. And all throughout Scripture, we see these words, I will pour out. And if you can imagine with me for just a moment, a, uh, a, a, a glass of water that is being poured out on something, what usually happens when something's poured out? The thing that it's getting poured out onto, it gets drenched. It gets immersed. It gets touched by the power and the presence of heaven. Uh, what God is saying to us today. And this is what revival and what God wants to do. He's desiring, and I feel this so strongly today, God desires to pour out His presence on His people. He is desiring a people to pour out His presence 
But it depends whether his people are positioned for his presence. But let's look at remnant for one moment. So we've looked at revival. What is actually remnant? And a great way to define remnant is a, and in the biblical view, in the, in the view that God sees that remnant is a small minority of people who will remain faithful to God. A small minority of people that would stay faithful to God. And I believe here today, and I pray today, that you are not just someone within the world, but you are the remnant of God faithful to God because what we need to know in church history and if we look back in the pattern of what God wants to do is that God will always and we're going to look at it in a moment God will always use the ones that through thick and thin through refining fire through the persecution of life and people have come out the other side saying I am still faithful to God and God uses his remnant to bring revival and guess what here today you and I are his remnant. You and I and his remnant. There's a reason why we're not in a football stadium with tens of thousands at Sunshine Coast Stadium right now, not hearing the gospel. Because guess what? God is interested in using his remnant to bring revival. And just as what we think about politics and government and the world is going to darkness and it's being lost, what could I tell you this morning that what if God was actually setting up 150 people in this room to bring revival into this world? That God hasn't abandoned the world, but He's actually establishing and preparing you and I so that we can't boast in our own strength of going, God, we had 10,000 people anyway. It was quite easy to do. But to rely and to have a desperation in our soul and hearts to go, God, we need you. God, we need a move of God. Without you, how are all these people at the beach right now and at the movies and at their sporting clubs, how will they ever come to know you unless the remnant get on fire for God? Come on, are you excited today? Because guess what? God wants to use you and me today, right now. And I really feel the Holy Spirit over this word. So guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna politely hand over this service and these words right now to the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what's gonna happen, but I do know God's about to move in your life because God has a plan for His remnant. This is what I believe is gonna happen. I believe this meeting here today is not just a routine, an action of routine. I don't believe today's service is just because you woke up and said, oh, I'm gonna go to church. I don't believe today's service is mere coincidence or just another reason why we're here. I believe the Holy Spirit is gonna move in your life, move over your kids, move in your family, move in this earth because He desires to pour out His Spirit. The Holy Spirit is about to do something powerful right now. And I'm talking to the ones that are hungry for revival. I'm talking to those who actually desire that, God, could you do it? God, could you bring renewal to our earth? God, could you bring freedom and restoration to our people? God, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to those people today. And guess what? It's not just for a select few. God wants to speak to all of His church. He wants to speak to your life here today. So why don't we pray and give this moment to the Holy Spirit? Lord Jesus, this is your meeting. This is not some pastor's vision. This is not uh, some congregation that is just rocking up because we thought church would be a cool idea today. God, we've come and we're handing this, the, this uh, time over to you right now. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would fill us and fall upon us once again. Lord, where we've gone into the routines of religion, God, we pray would there be an awakening of your Spirit here this morning.
And God, I pray right now, would you refresh and awaken souls? Because God, this is not just because the, the sake of we're just doing it because of routine. We're doing this because we believe in our city. We do it because we believe in souls. We do it because we live for something greater than ourselves. So pour out your spirit right now over us as we give this over to you. In Jesus' name, and the church said... Amen, amen. Today, church, I'm gonna look at one revival in history. It's called the Welsh Revival. And uh, God did something powerful in, uh, in Wales about 100, 115 years ago. And this was actually the largest revival to happen in Wales. It happened in 1904 to 1905. It was a one-year revival that saw ripple effects all over Scotland and England. And God did an incredible thing. And what we need to see in the cultural moment of, uh, of in Wales at the time is that during this time, uh, the hardworking lifestyle of the people, you know, they were, you know, doing well, but they were, uh, most of them were coal miners in that area in that time. And uh, it meant they, they were pretty much working for the weekend. Uh, they would fill up the pubs after a long, hard day at work. Uh, they were going to football matches frequently and weekly attendance at church was merely a cultural ritual of obviously just coming to church and just, yep, I've ticked the box, it's all done. Uh, people 115 years ago, they were living for the weekend. Does that sound familiar at all? All right, cool, awesome. Uh, and just before this, get this right, and I'm not here to go down a political stream for a second, but just before this revival broke out in 1904, there was a rise of the labour movement, socialism, and a general disaffection with religion among the working class and youths. Wow. Just before this revival happened, this is the cultural moment that they were in. And then along by the name of Evan Roberts was this man that came along. And what we need to know about Evan Roberts, and I'm going to do any Welshman here uh, probably a disservice by trying to uh, uh, call it. Born in the hometown of Logger or Logger or Logs, I don't know. Uh, uh, came this man by the name of Evan Roberts. And Evan Roberts, and there's going to be a picture of him on the screen, uh, he quit school to be a coal miner at the age of 12. So like grade seven, he was like, no grade 12 certificate for me. Uh, I'm just going to be a coal miner. And uh, yeah, I'm going to do that as, you know, my lineage and what my father did and whatnot. And he then a year later, received Christ in his own uh, church service, church community that we, he was in, in the Moriah Chapel. And his, uh, his uh, preacher or his minister or his pastor was a man by the name of Seth Joshua. And shortly after his conversion, uh, he heard a message. So he was only still a teenager. He was a young person. That's why I love youth, right? Uh, he heard a sermon in which the preacher spoke about the glorious outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And if you're looking for a title message, if you're looking for anything like that, I'm calling today the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And he was asked this question that gripped his soul. It gripped his spirit so much that he went to bed at night just thinking of this question that the preacher and the minister told him. And it was the Holy Spirit speaking to them. He, he heard this from a service that Seth Joshua preached. He said, what if the Spirit should come in one of our services and you were not present? Or in other words, what if the move of God came and you were out at a football game? What if the Spirit of God that was here to bring revival showed 
and desire to do something powerful and you were at one of the pubs or you didn't feel like coming into church that day, what if you were not present? And the thing is, is that this gripped Evan Roberts so much that from that point onwards, as a young guy, 14, 15, he never missed one church service, one youth meeting or anything that the church had planned. He was out six days of the seven and he just wanted a move and a touch from God because he's like, God, I do not want to miss what you want to do. Can that show us a picture of this man's devotion? God, I don't want to miss what you have for us. Sometimes we can get caught up, church, in the natural, in the physical, where what gripped this man's heart was, God, what if you want to pour out the supernatural presence of God on the earth? And what if I am not present? And I believe we need to get serious about what the Spirit's doing. We need to have a tune ear to what God is doing. And after this time, he became obsessed with looking at revivals of the past. And that's what we're doing right now, looking at revivals of the past to stir our faith. I love this story. He was once forced out of his rental apartment because uh, he was praying after a massive day of you know coal mining. He'd come home and he would pray for hours and hours and hours. And the landlady actually kicked him out of his rental because he was praying till like 3 a.m. in the morning. Passionately, fervently, and he got kicked out. We kind of had a little prayer meeting for leaders the other day and I honestly believe we were about to get kicked out because uh, we were quite loud in that place. So uh, I'm very glad we didn't or we didn't have a neighbour knock on the door. But he was so fervent and passionate, even after a massive day at work. It wasn't, let's chuck on some Netflix. It wasn't, let's check on the game. Nothing wrong with those things. It was, let's get into the presence of God. Let's pray Let's believe God for a move. And uh, this is where Evan's ministry started to really uh, be seen. He prayed for revival for 10 years, every single day. Every single day, he was just praying for a move of the Spirit. And I, I felt this because I felt the Lord say this to me about last year. Uh, I felt that God wanted to give me a bigger picture of revival, because we talk about it. We, we, we believe that we're here to see a school saved at Empire. We're, we're gonna see a whole generation of young people come to know Jesus. And kind of like, I'm like, God, when's this happening? You know, like, are you gonna do it now? Or like, you know, I've been praying for a while. And he was like, Nick, what if this is a little bit bigger than you right now? What if this is not in your timing, but what if you were to pray for the rest of your life and still not see revival, but you were setting up the next generation? You are setting up the next generation. I think sometimes when we talk about this, I want to stir someone with faith to say, your prayers are not void. Your prayers, it's not that they are hitting a ceiling and not getting into God. Your prayer matter. Your prayers matter to God because He's moving every single time we pray. He prayed for 10 years and saw nothing of it where it came to His Sunday service. 14 people at Mariah Chapel, just 14. That's like a lot less than the people here today. 14 people in this chapel. And the thing is, in this church, in this chapel, they used to all just pray. It was this person's time to pray and then share what the Holy Spirit was speaking and then, and then the next person would pray and that's how their church service, the structure went. And uh, I wanna read this from Evan Roberts' life and what he said when he was in this one prayer meeting. He's a little bit older now, more like 23, 24, 10 years after when he was that young age and converted to Christ. He said this, I felt a living power pervading my chest when they're all praying in this chapel. It took my breath away and my legs trembled exceedingly. 
This living power became stronger and stronger as each one prayed until I felt it would tear me apart. I fell on my knees with my arms over the seat in front of me. My face was barred in perspiration and the tears flowed in streams. I cried out, bend me, bend me. It was God's commending love which bent me. What a wave of peace flooded my chest. I love this. I love this, that he says, bend me, O God. Bend my heart. What was he saying in that moment? He was saying, shape me into not what I want. Shape me into what you want. Bend my heart that I'm not bent on the ways of the world, but I'm bent to the Holy Spirit. I'm bent and I'm being moved by God. And here's a point that I wanna bring out today is that revival doesn't fall on position. Revival moves on conviction. Guess who Evan Roberts was? He was not a preacher with a microphone. He's a person who had conviction for the Lord as a coal miner. And I'm here to let you know, I don't care if you're a tradie or a stay-at-home mum or an electrician or a hairdresser, God does not move on the person who has the microphone. God wants to bring revival and a burden on someone who would have the conviction of the Spirit. It doesn't matter what position you have. God wants to move on your life. Like Evan Roberts, he was not, the the text and the history actually says that he was actually not a profound speaker. He was actually quite terrible. Literally, it says that. But through his weakness, God's strength was made perfect in him. And there was a revival in Wales. The burden for the Spirit is not based on he who holds the microphone, rather for those who hold conviction to God and His kingdom. God does not look for perfection or position. He looks for conviction. Do you think, church, that revival will happen out there before it first happens in here? Do you believe that your family and the people at the sporting clubs right now with their kids and the people at the beaches and and the people in cafes and coffee clubs, do you feel that they're gonna get this spirit of revival unless it happens in here? Come on, all throughout history, if we look at the pattern of what God does, He first sparks His church. He first sparks you and I. He first speaks to you and I. Would you have the burden of the Spirit? Would you have the burden and the conviction of God that says, God, bend me not to my own will, bend me to your will and yours be done. God shows us that citywide revival can happen, but it's not just gonna happen just randomly. It's gonna come when the church has a burden for the lost, a burden for the heart of God, a burden to get into the presence of God. God shaped me. I love what Mark Sayers says. And if you're looking for any resources on looking into revival, I encourage you, look into the work of Mark Sayers. He's got this amazing book called Reappearing Church. Read it. If you're serious about revival, read that thing. It will stir your faith like anything. He says this. This is what's touched me so much. He said this line and I was like, yep, that's it. That is it. And I want it to drop in your heart. Personal revival precedes corporate revival. I'm gonna just let that sit. Personal revival will always proceed or come before corporate revival. We've gotta get on fire for God again. We've gotta lose the religion. We've gotta lose the ritual. We've gotta get on our knees and say, God, bend me to the shape 
that you desire. And God is calling all of us here to that depth and deeper level in Him. He's calling us to deep places of prayer because guess what? Lots of people want revival, but not many are willing to pay for it or to sacrifice for it. God, I'm gonna spend five minutes of prayer. I hope you're gonna bring that. God is looking for a church to get on fire again. God is looking for a passionate church. I'm passionate about Jesus and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to have that time with God where we say, I'm serious about societies and crime rates coming down and domestic violence going down and the loss that they lost for eternity coming to know Christ again. We're gonna have the burden of the Spirit, but guess what? Corporate revival of the tens of thousands that are called to be reached in Caloundra is guess what? It's gonna start with you getting on fire for God. Yet again, I don't know if it's been 20 years since you fell on fire. I don't know if it's been a year. I don't know if it's been a few months, but we've got to get back on fire for God. We need the Spirit of God running over us. Let's see what happened when Evan Roberts got on fire for God. He's 26 and this speaks to me a lot because in a month, um, I'm gonna be 26. That's just for the gifts that are gonna come in next week. Thank you. I'm gonna be 26 in a month, July 30. It's not relevant. Uh, It's not relevant. I really like weekend getaways. I don't know, whatever. Uh, Uber Eats is great. Um, he's 26. And it was in 26 that God started to do something in him. It's so funny because like the landlordy, land, landlordy, the landlady, uh, she thought he was a little bit crazy. And literally the text actually says that she thought he was dangerous. That's why he actually kicked, she actually kicked him out. And to be honest, some people in the church actually thought he was a little bit unstable. And he wasn't actually doing too well. This is literally, he was a little bit of a, you know, a misfit. He didn't fit the common kind of way that people were seen. And he asked his pastor, Seth Joseph, Joshua, he said, can I please just pray and can you hand the meeting over to me? I'd love an opportunity. And you know, Seth Joshua, I don't know if you've just, you know, he was like, all right, buddy, we'll give you five minutes. <laughs> Go for it. And he gave him this time to actually preach. And it was just to 14 people in this place and what God was doing in this time was peeling back the religion and the ritual that had been in the church for just too long. He was using an uncommon man who didn't have the position, he was a coal miner and to preach the gospel. But the thing is, is that every single time he started to preach and his personal revival in him, it started to catch fire in the church. He started to preach about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I wanna bring up four things that he preached on, which was just so powerful. And as he spoke, the text and then the, the history from it actually said that these meetings started to go from Monday to Friday, every single day. People just started to, it was almost like a drawing of the Holy Spirit. People started to come in and come from the town. And honestly, it started very humble, humble beginnings, right? Don't despise them. Don't despise them. It was 14 people and then 26 and then it went down to 15 and then this is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all these people at night and then it got to 65 people and then by Monday the next week, God started to bring people in from everywhere because Evan Roberts and his 
a different style of preaching and the different burden of the Holy Spirit that was on his life started to attract people everywhere. They went from the Mariah Chapel that couldn't hold too many people to bigger buildings. Then they started to meet outside and we've got a picture here of the people and the floods of people all outside and it's a dodgy photo, don't worry, it's like 1904. Uh, so uh, 1905, July 4th. 1905, people and the crowds where they were once filling the pubs and the taverns and the football fields, they were getting cancelled football games because none of the footballers were coming out. Because guess what? They were actually in the early days, they were actually COVID safe checking in and saying, hey, I'll be there for the 10 a.m. service. And they were actually registering and people were coming in so they could get a good spot in the chapel to hear Evan Roberts preach the gospel about four different things. And guess what? In the same way, the Sunshine Coast Daily has a newspaper. It got headline news. Or in other words, in our context, I want you to picture there was such a Holy Ghost meeting in this place that on the front news of the newspaper said, Empower Church in Revival. And what happened in Wales, in Loga? I don't know what, how you say it, but in this little town, insignificant town, much like Nazareth, God started to do something by this man of Evan Roberts. And it was front page news. And this is what it said, a Western Mail newspaper. This is the main newspaper. A remarkable, remarkable religious revival is currently taking place at Logger. For some days, a young man named Evan Roberts, a native of Logger, has been causing great surprise by his extraordinary orations at Mariah Chapel. That place of worship has been besieged by dense crowds of people unable to obtain admission. Everyone's just coming. Imagine the doors right now where people are just trying to get in to hear this preach. Revival. Such excitement has prevailed that the road in which the chapel is situated has been lined with people from end to end. Roberts, who speaks in Welsh, opens his discourse by saying, he does not know what he will be led to say, but that when he is com in complete harmony with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead. Powerful, powerful. Here's some of the aftermath of what was happening in the revival. A woman announced to him, this is in the church service, a woman announced to him, started singing and during which several people fell back into their seats as those struck down crying out for forgiveness. And what is a tale, uh, is, a, uh, is a mark of this revival was the deep cry of the Holy Spirit of understanding their sin and repenting before God. It was a deep sense of going, God, I thought I had it all together. And even as I try to kind of convince myself that I've got it all together, deep wells of crying are saying, God, forgive me. God, I'm sorry for the sin. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit coming over them. And another thing that marks the Welsh revival was joyful singing. People in the streets were singing and, and, and having joy in the streets, uh, singing these hymns. This is one thing that happened. Services which had been formal and lasting an exact designated time were now hotbeds of prayer, praise and singing, starting sometimes at six in the evening and going till past midnight. A whole church community praying. One pastor, when asked about the times of his service, replied, from six until midnight. The astonished inquirer said, you mean you have church from 6 p.m. until midnight? He's like, no, said the pastor. I meant from 6 a.m. until midnight. Whoa, 
crime. Within a couple of months, Wales was a changed nation. Crime was reduced to almost nothing. The Linfi Valley Police Court had an average of 700 cases that when the revival hit, it went down to average two per week. And here's the best one. The horses were confused. The coal miners that used to take the horses in, they were, you know, before they knew Christ, they used to beat them up, say, hey, get over here, you know. They used to swear at them, say, oi, get over there. Well, they weren't Australian like that, but uh, I'm sure they spelled, oi, get over there. I don't know how to do Welsh anyway. And when they all got saved, they actually started loving the horses, treating them nicely. And when they said, hey, would you be able to go over there? They were like, what? The horses didn't understand. That's how you know revival's happening, all right? When your horse doesn't know what you're talking about. In one year's time, by conservative estimates, around 150 souls, 150,000 souls were born again. The movement spread to Scotland and England with estimates with a million people were converted in Britain. And guess what? It all started with 14 people, a remnant. Started with Evan Roberts in his room praying. Do you... Do you believe that revival's possible, church? Because patterns of history tell us we're about to see something happen. But do we believe? And are you ready? Because we've got to believe that God desires to pour out His Spirit. And I've got two things really quickly that I want to talk about is an effect of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And firstly, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes when there's a call to deep prayer. When there's a call to deep prayer, notice that I said deep prayer and not surface level prayer. When there's a call and if you need a call from God right now, it might be in your own room right now, but I believe by the Holy Spirit speaking through me, I'm saying this is the call right now. We need to have deep prayer with God. Deep prayer with the Holy Spirit. Not deep prayer like, oh God, I, I needed you then and you know I'm only gonna talk to you when I, I need you right now. But really a God without you, renewal is impossible kind of prayer. Deep prayer and wells that we are digging in the Spirit. It's a heart posture of humility mixed with faith that produces a heart cry to God. Like God, you've gotta save us. God, you've gotta save our city. Yes, it's important that you pray for your family, but when's the last time you prayed for our city and you prayed for those ones who don't know Jesus and you prayed for our schools and our businesses and you prayed believing that God could pour out His Spirit on them as well. Deep wells of prayer and not just prayers to hear, uh, to pray to God, but prayers to hear the voice of God as well. Prayers to hear the Holy Spirit. And this is what, and I understand and I'm a pastor and you're just gonna hear this and be like, I've heard that so many times. I'm here to let you know, church, prayer is your secret power. Prayer, it's prayer. It's not having a better career or having more money or having a girlfriend. It's prayer is your secret power that is your artillery that God wants to use you with to defeat the devil and what He's trying to bring against this world. It's prayer to say, God, not my will, but yours. It's prayer to say, bend me, God. And God, I might need to give up an hour of more prayer. God, bend me. I don't want to bend you. God, bend me to what you want me to do. Sometimes their meetings would go for over five hours. And sometimes we sit in here in church and even maybe today 
And I'm sorry, but I want to say it. Sometimes we're here today and we're still thinking about what's for lunch. God isn't going to move when we're interested about our bellies. God's going to move when we get serious about an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Say, God, do it again. God, move again. This is their prayer that Evan Roberts told the whole church. I want you to start to pray. Send the Spirit to Moriah or Moriah Chapel for Jesus Christ's sake. I wonder here today if we could start every single day. They used to pray this every day. If we could start to pray, send the Spirit to Caloundra for Jesus' sake. Send the Spirit. Send the Spirit. Leonard Ravenhill said this, no man is greater than his prayer life. No man or woman, woman is greater than their prayer life. Your career is great. Your serving on a Sunday is great. Your community time is great. Your money is great, but no man or woman is greater than their prayer life. It's time we start to feel the Holy Spirit's tug for a deep call to prayer. But secondly today, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes when there's a deep sense of the Holy Spirit. Deep sense of the Holy Spirit. A fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes with an innate awareness of the Holy Spirit. Even being aware right now that the Holy Spirit's in this room right now. He's speaking. He's speaking and He's doing things in our hearts. Being led, hearing, being interrupted and having the humility to the Holy Spirit to do what He needs us to do. And what I'm really saying here is an outpouring, according to the Welsh Revival, how it broke out, an outpouring of God's Spirit is directly linked to a devout obedience to the Holy Spirit. Directly linked to the obedience. This is what Robert Evans preached. Four things that in every single service, he felt called by God to say this in every service. You must obtain pardon for the sins of the past. Anything doubtful in your life, away with it. Consider it done and have faith. Thirdly, complete and immediate obedience to the Holy Spirit. And fourth, public and personal confession of Christ. I feel like we do three of these things really well. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We, we, we say, God, I'm sorry for my sin and please forgive me. And yes, we do it sometimes and not all the time. I'm just saying, overall, we do pretty well at these things. If there's things doubtful, we know to switch to faith and not to believe in fear. We do that. But I believe the tugging of the Holy Spirit for me to tell you today, one thing that we can sometimes lack in is complete and immediate obedience to the Holy Spirit. Complete and immediate obedience. Because even today, as you hear these words spoken from this platform, for the first time or the 500th time, God's Spirit is trying to get your attention right now. Would you trust me? Would you let me lead you? But ultimately, would you obey what I'm calling you to do? In John 21, 18, Jesus said this to Peter. He said, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. If the Welsh Revival teaches us about anything, it's that the church has a mandate and a call to deep prayer and to obedience in the Holy Spirit. What is God? What has God spoken to you that you're like, oh, I don't know, God, where He's saying right now, I want you to be immediate in your response, but obey what I'm doing. Because trust me, I want to bring revival, but it's going to take that obedience. I'll close with this and 
If we could have the band come up, that would be amazing. You know, the significance of the chapel known as the Mariah Chapel is actually in its name as well, as much as it's the prayer meetings, as much as it's Evan Roberts. It's the chapel that was named. I feel like it was a prophetic almost declaration of what God was gonna do. You know, the name Mariah is the same Mariah or the same name that Abraham had the opportunity from God to uh, be tested to give up his son, Isaac. It was an opportunity of, on Mount Moriah that God said, hey, Abraham, I want you to take your son and I want you to sacrifice him on Mount Moriah. And then thousands of years later in Wales, of all places, there's a little chapel called the Moriah Chapel. And guess what? God's testing was yes of faith, definitely was. It was a testing of, uh, of would, would Abraham do it? And it was a testing of what he could do. But ultimately, that test of Mount Moriah, yes, of sacrifice, all that stuff. You know what the test was? It was a test of obedience. Would Abraham do it or not? And like myself here today, we all have an opportunity to say yes or no, to accept or to reject what the Holy Spirit's doing. And guess what? The reason why I was called Mariah Chapel is because it was a sacrificial and obedient community of people that decided to live for God and not themselves. They sacrificed and they were ultimately obedient to the Holy Spirit. And that's what broke out revival in Wales. They were obedient to God. And I'll finish with this. I wonder what Empower Church is going to be known as, as we are seen in the history books. 100 years time from now, when the church of the future looks back and we're all gone, we're all with Jesus, praise God. But they look back on this earth and they look at our community, what will they be inspired by? What will they be empowered by? What are they gonna look at and say, oh, they had, they, they, they knew Christ, they knew God, but they, to be honest, they were just rebellious against the Holy Spirit. They didn't do what He wanted them to do. Or are they gonna look at our church and say, they were always obedient to the Holy Spirit. I was looking at our history just the other day. And in 1934 was our first church planted in Caloundra. 1934. Now, I wanna ask church, if God could do something powerful with 14 people in Evan Roberts in Wales, what does God wanna do in Caloundra? What does God wanna do on the Sunshine Coast? 150,000 souls that were saved. You know, that's all of Caloundra, right? You know, that's half the Sunshine Coast getting saved and being in church on Sunday. God, do it again with deep wells of prayer and obedience to the Holy Spirit. Do it again, Lord, do it again. In this moment right now, I think it would be a shame if we just heard a message, but we didn't have a call to prayer right now. Not surface level, oh God, I need help with things. That's great, pray those prayers as well. But a sense where all of us together get on fire and say, God, save our nation. God, save our city. I was just talking to a man the other day and didn't have shoes on and I kind of helped him with a few things, but I kind of like just helped him and I actually got the opportunity to buy him a pair of shoes, but he was just telling me about all the things that had gone on in his life. And it just broke my heart to go, God, that is not, he's like, I've been through this and this happened to me when I was a kid and this. And he says, why are you doing this right now? I'm like, because I believe in you. 
because I love you, because God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And it's by the Spirit's leading that I was even in that. I could have just kept sipping my coffee. I'm a youth pastor, that's what I do. But I felt the call of God to say, go to that man over there and have a chat to him. And we've gotta, we've gotta be obedient. We've gotta be obedient, church. He wants to bring it, but are we gonna be obedient to Him? Can we all just stand to our feet right now? Come on, if it's going 15 minutes over, don't get a little bit, oh man, I really want lunch right now. Come on, can we have some Holy Ghost right now? Faith that He wants to do something powerful right now. Come on, all across this place, can we just stretch our hands to heaven? And guess what, church? We're gonna believe like we never have before that God is gonna send His Spirit for Jesus' sake on Caloundra and on the Sunshine Coast. I just want you to start to believe. I just want you to start to stir the Spirit right now. I just want you to start to believe and let the Holy Spirit's leading, lead you to pray for our city, lead you to pray for our nation. Come on, as the band just keep praying and keep ministering. Come on, right now, pray. Come on, let's believe God. God, we pray for our city. Come on, let's be vocal. Come on, let's lift our hearts. Let's lift our minds. Let's lift our voices right now. God, do it again. God, pour out Your Spirit. God, as we're obedient to You, God, pour out Your Holy Spirit on Kalauna. or a run sheet. God, we're here for you to move. Come on, Holy Spirit. God, we're waiting. Holy Spirit. More, more God. Lord, with it, without you, it's impossible. God, we need, a, we need a sending of your Spirit. Jesus, send your Spirit. God, send your Spirit. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Jesus. Jesus. I know this is different right now, but I feel that sometimes we gotta shake up what's going on. As we're praying and we're believing right now, let's chuck the structure out just for one moment, just to see what God can do in this place. I feel in my spirit right now, the Holy Spirit saying, come on, as a sign of boldness, can, if you feel comfortable, would you just come to the front? And Because we just wanna believe, if you felt like you've just been in this complacent bubble right now and it's nothing against you, if you feel the calling of the Spirit, 
Would you just come to the front right now? I feel the Holy Spirit is just pouring out and doing something new and doing something. Come on, just come, just come. We're gonna believe like we never have before, church. This is not a moment to shy away. I feel the Holy Spirit just saying, we need to shake up right now what God wants to do. Holy Spirit, come on, just keep coming if you feel called, if you feel led right now. If you wanna be the one that says, God, I, I, I don't wanna just do, do what I've always done. I wanna be obedient. I wanna hear the call. I wanna do what you're doing right now. And right now we're gonna pray a prayer and a cry to say, God, we will go. God, we will be obedient. God, we will be the ones that God, when you say something, God, you're gonna send us and we will go. Come on, let's just cry out to God right now. Lord, send us. God, as we go, Lord, let, we, let us do it with Your Spirit. God, You're leading and Your power right now. Lord, more, more of You, more of Your Spirit, more of Your power, Lord God. Lord, we wanna be obedient. God, we wanna be stirred. God, we thank You, Jesus. And God, You're filling us again. Lord, the breakthrough is coming. Souls are being saved. Lord, You're using us in our city, in our community. God, save. God save, God save, God save. Jesus, Jesus, pour out your Holy Spirit right now. Pour out your Holy Spirit right now. Pour out your Holy Spirit right now. If you know how to speak in tongues, just lift your voice. Tongues is just a sign of the Spirit, a heavenly language. God wants to move through today. Don't miss it. Don't miss what the Spirit's doing, the power of God. God, that we didn't hold anything back. There's a call to Your presence, a call to Your Spirit. Now I want to ask if you don't know Jesus here, but you know you need Him. I want you to raise your hand right now. The Spirit of God is here. You know you don't know God, but you need Him in your life. The Holy Spirit's here and He loves you and He knows you. He has a plan for you and a purpose. And if you don't know God here, but you want to know Him today, just raise your hand. Say, Nick, that's me. Raise your hand up high just so I can see it. He loves you. He wants you on fire for His kingdom, no longer to live for your own life, but to live for Him. He loves you. Come on, there might be some believers here that you've grown cold and you know you're not in relationship with God. Just lift your hand high. I wanna pray for you. I wanna believe with you. He loves you and He's calling you home right now. Come on, would you just lift your hand? Say, that's me. I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray with you. So look across the room just one more time. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, let the burden fall on all us. God, we don't need position, we need conviction. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Lord, I pray. God, I thank you, Lord, for all you're doing here today. God, we love you, we serve you, and we need a move of God. So God, we pray, continue, Jesus not just as a moment that happened on a Sunday, but on Monday and on Wednesday. God, let us have deep wells of prayer in our own life and a deep sense of Your Spirit moving. Lord, we thank You for this, Jesus' name.